part six chapter seven of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part six chapter seven the same day about seven o'clock in the evening raskolnikov was on his way to his mother's and sister's lodging the lodging in bakaliev's house which razumihin had found for them the stairs went up from the street raskolnikov walked with lagging steps as though still hesitating whether to go or not but nothing would have turned him back his decision was taken besides it doesn't matter they still know nothing he thought and they are used to thinking of me as eccentric he was appallingly dressed his clothes torn and dirty soaked with the night's rain his face was almost distorted from fatigue exposure the inward conflict that had lasted for twenty-four hours he had spent all the previous night alone god knows where but anyway he had reached a decision he knocked at the door which was opened by his mother dunya was not at home even the servant happened to be out at first pulcheria alexandrovna was speechless with joy and surprise then she took him by the hand and drew him into the room here you are she began faltering with joy don't be angry with me rodya for welcoming you so foolishly with tears i am laughing not crying did you think i was crying no i am delighted but i've got into such a stupid habit of shedding tears i've been like that ever since your father's death i cry for anything sit down dear boy you must be tired i see you are ah how muddy you are i was in the rain yesterday mother raskolnikov began no no pulcheria alexandrovna hurriedly interrupted you thought i was going to cross-question you in the womanish way i used to don't be anxious i understand i understand it all now i've learned the ways here and truly i see for myself that they are better i've made up my mind once for all how could i understand your plans and expect you to give an account of them god knows what concerns and plans you may have or what ideas you are hatching so it's not for me to keep nudging your elbow asking you what you are thinking about but my goodness why am i running to and fro as though i were crazy i am reading your article in the magazine for the third time rodya dmitri prokofitch brought it to me directly i saw it i cried out to myself there foolish one i thought that's what he is busy about that's the solution of the mystery learned people are always like that he may have some new ideas in his head just now he is thinking them over and i worry him and upset him i read it my dear and of course there was a great deal i did not understand but that's only natural how should i show me mother raskolnikov took the magazine and glanced at his article incongruous as it was with his mood and his circumstances he felt that strange and bitter-sweet sensation that every author experiences the first time he sees himself in print besides he was only twenty-three it lasted only a moment after reading a few lines he frowned and his heart throbbed with anguish he recalled all the inward conflict of the preceding months he flung the article on the table with disgust and anger but however foolish i may be rodya i can see for myself that you will very soon be one of the leading if not the leading man in the world of russian thought and they dared to think you were mad you don't know but they really thought that ah oh, the despicable creatures how could they understand genius and dunya dunya was all but believing it what do you say to that your father sent twice to magazines the first time poems i've got the manuscript and will show you 
and the second time a whole novel i begged him to let me copy it out and how we prayed that they should be taken they weren't i was breaking my heart rodya six or seven days ago over your food and your clothes and the way you are living but now i see again how foolish i was for you can attain any position you like by your intellect and talent no doubt you don't care about that for the present and you are occupied with much more important matters dunya's not at home mother no rodya i often don't see her she leaves me alone dmitri prokovitch comes to see me it's so good of him and he always talks about you he loves you and respects you my dear i don't say that dunya is very wanting in consideration i am not complaining she has her ways and i have mine she seems to have got some secrets of late and i never have any secrets from you two of course i am sure that dunya has far too much sense and besides she loves you and me but i don't know what it will all lead to you've made me so happy by coming now rodya but she has missed you by going out when she comes in i'll tell her your brother came in while you were out where have you been all this time you mustn't spoil me rodya you know come when you can but if you can't it doesn't matter i can wait i shall know anyway that you are fond of me that will be enough for me i shall read what you write i shall hear about you from everyone and sometimes you'll come yourself to see me what could be better here you've come now to comfort your mother i see that here pulcheria alexandrovna began to cry here i am again don't mind my foolishness my goodness why am i sitting here she cried jumping up there is coffee and i don't offer you any ah that's the selfishness of old age i'll get it at once mother don't trouble i am going at once i haven't come for that please listen to me pulcheria alexandrovna went up to him timidly mother whatever happens whatever you hear about me whatever you are told about me will you always love me as you do now he asked suddenly from the fullness of his heart as though not thinking of his words and not weighing them rodya rodya what is the matter how can you ask me such a question why who will tell me anything about you besides i shouldn't believe anyone i should refuse to listen i've come to assure you that i've always loved you and i am glad that we are alone even glad dunya is out he went on with the same impulse i have come to tell you that though you will be unhappy you must believe that your son loves you now more than himself and that all you thought about me that i was cruel and didn't care about you was all a mistake i shall never cease to love you well that's enough i thought i must do this and begin with this pulcheria alexandrovna embraced him in silence pressing him to her bosom and weeping gently i don't know what is wrong with you rodya she said at last i've been thinking all this time that we were simply boring you and now i see that there is a great sorrow in store for you and that's why you are miserable i've foreseen it a long time rodya forgive me for speaking about it i keep thinking about it and lie awake at nights your sister lay talking in her sleep all last night talking of nothing but you i caught something but i couldn't make it out i felt all the morning as though i were going to be hanged waiting for something expecting something and now it has come rodya rodya where are you going you are going away somewhere yes that's what i thought i can come with you you know if you need me and dunya too she loves you she loves you dearly and sofia semyonovna may come with us if you like you see i am glad to look upon her as a daughter even dmitri prokofitch will help us to go together uh, but but where are you going good-bye mother what to-day she cried as though losing him forever i can't stay 
i must go now and can't i come with you no but kneel down and pray to god for me your prayer perhaps will reach him let me bless you and sign you with the cross that's right that's right oh god what are we doing yes he was glad he was very glad that there was no one there that he was alone with his mother for the first time after all those awful months his heart was softened he fell down before her he kissed her feet and both wept embracing and she was not surprised and did not question him this time for some days she had realized that something awful was happening to her son and that now some terrible minute had come for him rodja my darling my first-born she said sobbing now you are just as when you were little you would run like this to me and hug me and kiss me when your father was living and we were poor you comforted us simply by being with us and when i buried your father how often we wept together at his grave and embraced as now and if i've been crying lately it's that my mother's heart had a foreboding of trouble the first time i saw you that evening you remember as soon as we arrived here i guessed simply from your eyes my heart sank at once and to-day when i opened the door and looked at you i thought the fatal hour had come rodya rodya you are not going away to-day no you'll come again yes i'll come rodya don't be angry i don't dare to question you i know i mustn't only say two words to me is it far where you are going very far what is awaiting you there some post or career for you what god sends only pray for me raskolnikov went to the door but she clutched him and gazed despairingly into his eyes her face worked with terror enough mother said raskolnikov deeply regretting that he had come not forever it's not yet forever you'll come you'll come to-morrow i will i will good-bye he tore himself away at last it was a warm fresh bright evening it had cleared up in the morning raskolnikov went to his lodgings he made haste he wanted to finish all before sunset he did not want to meet anyone till then going up the stairs he noticed that nastasya rushed from the samovar to watch him intently can anyone have come to see me he wondered he had a disgusted vision of porfiry but opening his door he saw dunya she was sitting alone plunged in deep thought and looked as though she had been waiting a long time he stopped short in the doorway she rose from the sofa in dismay and stood up facing him her eyes fixed upon him betrayed horror and infinite grief and from those eyes alone he saw at once that she knew am i to come in or go away he asked uncertainly i've been all day with sofia semyonovna she said we were both waiting for you we thought that you would be sure to come there raskolnikov went into the room and sank exhausted on a chair i feel weak dunya i am very tired and i should have liked at this moment to be able to control myself he glanced at her mistrustfully where were you all night i don't remember clearly you see sister i wanted to make up my mind once for all and several times i walked by the neva i remember that i wanted to end it all there but i couldn't make up my mind he whispered looking at her mistrustfully again thank god that was just what we were afraid of sofia semyonovna and i then you still have faith in life thank god thank god raskolnikov smiled bitterly i haven't faith but i have just been weeping in mother's arms i haven't faith but i have just asked her to pray for me 
i don't know how it is dunya i don't understand it have you been at mother's have you told her cried dunya horror-stricken surely you haven't done that no i didn't tell her in words but she understood a great deal she heard you talking in your sleep i am sure she half understands it already perhaps i did wrong in going to see her i don't know why i did go i am a contemptible person dunya a contemptible person but ready to face suffering you are aren't you yes i am going at once yes to escape the disgrace i thought of drowning myself dunya but as i looked into the water i thought that if i had considered myself strong till now i'd better not be afraid of disgrace he said hurrying on it's pride dunya pride rodya there was a gleam of fire in his lustreless eyes he seemed to be glad to think that he was still proud you don't think sister that i was simply afraid of the water he asked looking into her face with a sinister smile oh rodya hush cried dunya bitterly silence lasted for two minutes he sat with his eyes fixed on the floor dunya stood at the other end of the table and looked at him with anguish suddenly he got up it's late it's time to go i am going at once to give myself up but i don't know why i am going to give myself up big tears fell down her cheeks you are crying sister but can you hold out your hand to me you doubted it she threw her arms round him aren't you half expiating your crime by facing the suffering she cried holding him close and kissing him crime what crime he cried in sudden fury that i killed a vile noxious insect an old pawnbroker woman of use to no one killing her was atonement for forty sins she was sucking the life out of poor people was that a crime i am not thinking of it and i am not thinking of expiating it and why are you all rubbing it in on all sides a crime a crime only now i see clearly the imbecility of my cowardice now that i have decided to face this superfluous disgrace it's simply because i am contemptible and have nothing in me that i have decided to perhaps too for my advantage as that porphyry suggested brother brother what are you saying why you have shed blood cried dunya in despair which all men shed he put in almost frantically which flows and has always flowed in streams which is spilt like champagne and for which men are crowned in the capital and are called afterwards benefactors of mankind look into it more carefully and understand it i too wanted to do good to men and would have done hundreds thousands of good deeds to make up for that one piece of stupidity not stupidity even simply clumsiness for the idea was by no means so stupid as it seems now that it has failed everything seems stupid when it fails by that stupidity i only wanted to put myself into an independent position to take the first step to obtain means and then everything would have been smoothed over by benefits immeasurable in comparison but i i couldn't carry out even the first step because i am contemptible that's what's the matter and yet i won't look at it as you do if i had succeeded i should have been crowned with glory but now i'm trapped but that's not so not so brother what are you saying ah it's not picturesque not aesthetically attractive i fail to understand why bombarding people by regular siege is more honourable the fear of appearances is the first symptom of impotence i've never never recognised this more clearly than now and i am further than ever from seeing that what i did was a crime 
i've never never been stronger and more convinced than now the colour had rushed into his pale exhausted face but as he uttered his last explanation he happened to meet dunya's eyes and he saw such anguish in them that he could not help being checked he felt that he had anyway made these two poor women miserable that he was anyway the cause dunya darling if i am guilty forgive me though i cannot be forgiven if i am guilty good-bye we won't dispute it's time high time to go don't follow me i beseech you i have somewhere else to go but you go at once and sit with mother i entreat you to it's my last request of you don't leave her at all i left her in a state of anxiety that she is not fit to bear she will die or go out of her mind be with her razumihin will be with you i've been talking to him don't cry about me i'll try to be honest and manly all my life even if i am a murderer perhaps i shall some day make a name i won't disgrace you you will see i'll still show now good-bye for the present he concluded hurriedly noticing again a strange expression in dunya's eyes at his last words and promises why are you crying don't cry don't cry we are not parting for ever ah yes wait a minute i'd forgotten he went to the table took up a thick dusty book opened it and took from between the pages a little water-colour portrait on ivory it was a portrait of his landlady's daughter who had died of fever that strange girl who had wanted to be a nun for a minute he gazed at the delicate expressive face of his betrothed kissed the portrait and gave it to dunya i used to talk a great deal about it to her only to her he said thoughtfully to her heart i confided much of what has since been so hideously realized don't be uneasy he returned to dunya she was as much opposed to it as you and i am glad that she is gone the great point is that everything now is going to be different is going to be broken in two he cried suddenly returning to his dejection everything everything and am i prepared for it do i want it myself they say it is necessary for me to suffer what's the object of these senseless sufferings shall i know any better what they are for when i am crushed by hardships and idiocy and weak as an old man after twenty years penal servitude and what shall i have to live for then why am i consenting to that life now oh i knew i was contemptible when i stood looking at the neva at daybreak to-day at last they both went out it was hard for dunya but she loved him she walked away but after going fifty paces she turned round to look at him again he was still in sight at the corner he too turned and for the last time their eyes met but noticing that she was looking at him he motioned her away with impatience and even vexation and turned the corner abruptly i am wicked i see that he thought to himself feeling ashamed a moment later of his angry gesture to dunya but why are they so fond of me if i don't deserve it oh if only i were alone and no one loved me and i too had never loved anyone nothing of all this would have happened but i wonder shall i in those fifteen or twenty years grow so meek that i shall humble myself before people and whimper at every word that i am a criminal yes that's it that's it that's what they are sending me there for that's what they want look at them running to and fro about the streets every one of them a scoundrel and a criminal at heart and worse still an idiot but try to get me off and they'd be wild with righteous indignation oh how i hate them all 
he fell to musing by what process it could come to pass that he could be humbled before all of them indiscriminately humbled by conviction and yet why not it must be so would not twenty years of continual bondage crush him utterly water wears out a stone and why why should he live after that why should he go now when he knew that it would be so it was the hundredth time perhaps that he had asked himself that question since the previous evening but still he went end of part six chapter seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine